0: Greetings, friends, and fellow demons. So this is a quick one to um, respond to some response on my Demons, Demons and Diamonds episode. Skotadi, uh replied on, on Twitter about this, and um, he said, I really enjoyed this one, wrote my thoughts on it as well. And you can see his thoughts at uh, his website, blog, skotadi.org. That's S K O T A D I.org. I recommend checking it out. He has a lot of cool information and resources on there. But he says, One question I have regarding the mythologies and imagination levels do you believe in real entities beyond the daemon? I guess I'm wondering about your cosmological view so it's a great question and it's a complex question and let's 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 start out by saying that there's two extremes in this on a say this is a continuum of possibility that that uh, real spiritual entities exist that demons are real and if we took this question and just laid it all out in a continuum, we'd see there's two extreme sides to this. On one side, you have um, what I'd kind of emphasized in the, in the episode before, which is uh, the mythological, purely mythological side, which you, you have Joseph Campbell's power of myth here. You have Jung's archetypes here. And really, Jung's archetypes are probably um, the primary thing. And then way on the other side of this, you have just people who just think demons are real. People who think spirits are real. And this gets into, like, superstition and stuff, right? Like, um, you, you get into, you know, primitive forms of animism. Uh, voodoo is like this. Well, Everything has a spirit, and you get everything done in the world by basically you know I- interacting with these spirits paying off these spirits it's kind of like you know that's how we are in the real world right if you want something done if you want some, someone to mow your lawn well you, you you pay a kid to do that or if you want a bottle of pop you go pay someone to sort you get your bottle of pop for that but in a in the spiritual world in this extreme sort of um, you know uh, superstitious level of demons people end up saying well everything i want to accomplish in life i need to pay some spiritual money to this demon, and he's going to do that for me, and so I'd bypass all the hard work of the real world that way, or in some cases, I'm, like, accomplishing things that I couldn't get done in the real world by by talking to these spirits and getting them to do things with it. So there's these two far really extreme views, and I think I think uh, the the spirit of the question is that um, certainly not, that, that Skotadi is certainly not um, on the, on the, um, totally superstitious end of this. I don't, I, I think most people are not, but if you go and you look at the material that's put out, you find material like running this whole gamut, right? And this whole gamut of that, like there's stuff, there's books that, you know, occult books and witchcraft books that, that, that people put out there that, Hey, there's just a bunch of spells to try and tell these demons to do, uh, do your bidding get them to do stuff, and then you say, oh, well, I don't want to just tell them to do stuff. I want to be on their side. So people start worshiping the demons and appraising, praising the demons and identifying with them and imagining that they're, they're friends. And 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 people can get really far. This can lead people into delusion. I'm not saying it's all delusional to speculate that there's something behind all this, but I'm saying some people do get led into a delusional state by um pursuing these things so you have to go into this with an air of objectivity you just keep objectivity in mind um and it, it, this is like a balance factor LeVay talks about the balance factor a lot the ba- importance of the balance factor in the in the usage of magic and the reason for that is so that you don't uh lose your mind so the the best academic answer and explanation for all of these weird phenomenon because what, whatever you believe about it, I think that you know sometimes the universe looks like there is intelligences behind it doing things and, and sometimes it looks like it isn't. Um, so it kind of depends on where you're at at the time. And so this is where uh, Carl Jung and the psychological, um, approach starts to come back into this. So, Jung's Young, theory of of the archetypes, in a nutshell, is that um, there are certain influences that are or symbols that we see that are uh, archetypal symbols that emerge from the human uh, collective unconscious, and that's why you see, you know. You know, there's a war god in all these different religions. Everyone has a love god. Well, it's because we have a war thing in the mind. We have a, a love um, collective unconsciousness archetype in the mind, um, and and things like that. So, so this is a psychological way of, of approaching things. And so, a lot of the like the next level up, like slightly getting into the academic world level of literature that you see out there, we'll start talking about the archetypes and stuff like that. And so you can appeal to an archetype, you appeal to an archetype, and this is a way of accessing magic. And you don't have to think that there's uh, a little spiritual critter running around out there doing things for you behind the scenes, but you just speculate that, well, the reason magic works is because these archetypes are attached with the human mind, the human psyche, And there is power in the human psyche to alter reality because there is some kind of connection between the objective universe and the subjective universe, uh, which we like to call the magical link. And so things can happen that way. So these two extremes of view about these beings out there, these things that are happening out there. Now, as far as my cosmology, what I think is going on and I'm going to tell you, you know, how things look to me, because you got to use a model. You got to use models to approach this stuff, because the universe is just too big and too vast for us to like just come up with a handbook. And and here it is. That's the history of man, and 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 spiritual studies, and you know, religious texts, and. And whatnot is that we're just constantly, no one, everyone tries to write a book that, that, that is just, this is the only book that you need. It's going to explain everything. But we keep n- needing to come up with new books and new ideas because we need new models. We need new models to be able to wrap our brains around the ineffable and huge and indescribable universe that we live in. So at one point consciousness flamed to life. Consciousness came into being, a self-aware entity came into being. To me consciousness has no meaning unless it is self-conscious. So that is at the root of it. Consciousness is by its very nature an independent individualistic thing, a psychocentric thing, a unit of isolate intelligence. It is individualistic as of necessity. It makes no sense to even talk about consciousness without understanding that being at the center of it. Now, then an individualistic conscious entity can then move into a stage of sleep or semi-awareness or something like that. Because, I mean, and, and I'm not walking out on a branch here. You can verify this with your own personal experience of consciousness. You know that ultimately you're an individual at the center of it. This is a huge awareness. You're dimly aware of it, but then you kind of fade in and out. You come closer to that realization, and sometimes you move very far away from it. You forget. You, you go on autopilot. Throughout periods of 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 your life, during the day and and through different uh, phases that you go through in life, but it's the nature of consciousness that it's self-aware. So, consciousness came into existence, and this was the first unit of consciousness that existed, and. Almost right in the moment that consciousness becomes aware of itself, it it becomes aware of that which is not itself and aware that there is a movement outside of itself that seeks to subsume it, to destroy it, to gobble it up. And this is called by different names. This is, you know, this this could be the cosmic inertia, right? This is just inertia and mechanicalism, the force of inertia and mechanicalism that we ex- experience in ordinary life that ultimately, you know, seeks to break us down. You know, the world that we live in, oxygen, you know, oxygen is actually... Um, deleterious for organic matter. Oxygen breaks down organic matter. So the world we live in, and we need oxygen to survive, the very thing that we need to survive is the thing that breaks down what we're made of. So the universe is set up to break down the bodies that we exist in. So we uh, uh, realize this, and even in a, a basic primitive fundamental level, an organism comes into being and really soon it realizes that it, it has to fight to stay alive. It has to struggle for existence. Life here is a struggle. It's an individual struggle to be here. So the first principle of consciousness that, that came into being immediately comes into this realization that it has to struggle to maintain its existence and so, the response to that results in creating more new consciousness. Now, in uh, the Zoroastrian system, this is Ahura Mazda realizes that um, this force Angra Mainyu is destroying. You know his his creation and therefore he lends his essence to something else, which is the favashi, right the the which are all themselves like individuals and then they in turn um, as as they realize the need to fight to maintain the existence of consciousness in the universe the big bass universe that they have to go and fight against this principle of of inertia, this principle of of destruction of consciousness, that which seeks to destroy consciousness. And and so they come into existence and 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 they create and they become humans and this is where humans come from. And so this is why we have within us the essence of um, the principle of consciousness we have within us the essence of ahura maza the essence of goodness from a book of coming forth by night perspective set talks about when he realizes he's being subsumed by this he creates something called that that he calls hardware which he refers to as a confused and fitful presence because it has the essence of set within it but hardware also um is part of the um, inertial universe around it uh, the, the it, it comes from the material of that universe so it kind of like goes back and forth so a lot of people have interpreted interpreted this as meaning uh, as, as being man as being the hu- hardware is basically the human race and because we're the confused and fitful presence this has also ties in with uh, what Aleister Crowley you know talked about in, in, in the book of the law and will and how humanity has will and is defined by the fact that it has a true will individuals have a true will so it's a similar kind of thing so so I just described there as far as like conscious beings in the universe there's two realms of this there's the the principle realm the platonic form realm of, of of consciousness which is singular isolate intelligence And then there is the uh, ordinary realm or the mesocosm or the the common ordinary universe, the real world, where there is consciousness all over the place within the um, manifestation of individual human beings everywhere. So, So given that there are these two categories of conscious beings in the universe, what are all the gods and demons, possibly you know, extraterrestrials, ultra-terrestrials, what are all those things? Are they just hallucinations? Are they um, manifestations of other people's minds creating them? Sometimes it's your mind creating it, maybe it's other people's minds creating it. So the Zoroastrians had a great um, explanation for this. And it can be found in the term yazata. Now a yazata is what an individual becomes as a result of you know good thoughts, good words, good deeds, you know, following following a Shah, upholding, you know, the, the principle of, of cosmic order. And fighting against coercion, fighting against the evil of coercion and mechanicalism, um, through following this process, um, one eventually ascends, and and biological death probably is in here somewhere too. Ascends into the into the the hereafter, the heavens. There's a there's another word for this in in Avestan, which I, I can't remember right now but you get the idea that um, the afterlife and the Zoroastrian co- concept of the afterlife very much you see you see other people that everyone ends up going to this other realm there's this other realm and you and 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 this is where all um, all spirits like go here and then life continues on beyond that there's something else there's other things to be done um, beyond that. And, and and this is the realm of the Yazadas. As you ascend to the realm of the Yazatas. You become a Yazata. Yazada uh, also refers to when Zoroastrian came out. Zarathustra is out preaching his word and everything. That's what all the other gods are that, that people have been worshiping. All the pagan gods, all the demons and devils, um, all the you know um, all all of this stuff. All the Molochs and the you know all the balls. These are all um, Yazadas. So even spiritual like gods and demons like that are basically um, conscious beings, you know, sons of Ahura Mazda, who have either, you know, they've gone on to another realm, or maybe they didn't come to Earth for some reason, or or something like that. But they all come from the same source. So in in this. View there's a a a brotherhood with this. In, there's a sense that really all of these all of these beings, even if there is, you know, demons and and spirits, lurking behind every corner, there's some brotherhood in in that you all share that same essence of isolated intelligence that comes from um, Ahura Mazda, and in a in context, you would refer to the same thing as, as hardware. And in this sense, hardware is not so much a entity or being itself, his self or herself, but hardware is more a state or a, an adjective to describe the certain broad category of phenomenon. And again, the aim here is not to prove or disprove the existence of demons, spirits, etc. but rather to approach the question with an air of objectivity. To approach the question without getting all pulled up, drawn up, and consumed by the question, which ultimately leads to a state of delusion. So a really important question to bring along with you into this as you go into, you know, pursue these questions and 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 make your own discoveries which ultimately you have to do ultimately you have to go in and, and and discover all these things for yourself it's not good enough to just listen to me talk for a half hour about you know Zarathustra and the book of coming forth by night and bam that's it everything's explained you ultimately have to go into these worlds on your own and a very good question to bring with you into this is, To what end? Or another way of phrasing it would be, of what use is it? Of what use is it to perceive of things in this way? And of what use is it if these beings are here and doing this or that? And everyone has to figure out delusion for themselves. But typically, it is through finding new ideas and new experiences that you gain the tools to to fight against it. And you also have a wi- need to have a wish within yourself to find the truth, to discover the truth, to perceive the truth. So that's a big thing right there. If you don't have within yourself desire to perceive the truth, then you will not see the value in maintaining um, a sense of objectivity, because that's what objectivity means. Objectivity means there's a presumption that there is a truth to the world out there somewhere. And I'm going to try and hold that idea uh, close or hold on to that as a as a goal or a desirable thing. And if if you have that desire with you, that wish for truth with you, then that will help you be able to identify, delusion, or identify when um, you are journeying too far into the delusory realms or be able to identify when others are are coming from that that kind of headspace. Asking to what end puts it in a context. It states you have to this what is the context? in which these things are happening. Why are these, why would these things happen? And a context like that, it has to be rational too. We need to try and have a rational approach to these things. And what that means, rational, simply means that you think um, reason exists and reason is a good thing, and we need to be reasonable. And, and this means acknowledging that there are true things in the universe and that we should tr- aspire towards the truth, we should speak the truth, we should make true statements um, and, and, and make an effort to perceive reality accurately and to create models to help us understand reality in a better way, not a less clear kind of way cuz i mean it's already reality is all, and the world is already just a bunch of shit as it is um and, and 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 our purpose here is to see through that shit to try and struggle against that to try and see the truth we have that seed in us that seed of isolated intelligence within us that's what gives us not only the ability to to see things accurately, but a desire to see things accurately. So, so that's what we have to bring to the table. A lot of times when people get really hung up and obsessed with these, um, you know, literal demons stuff, is, is really they're just trying to be shocking about it, and they just haven't done enough rational study about it. Beforehand, um, because they're not interested in it, they never will. If they're not interested in it, they'll they'll never study those aspects of it. But I mean, the the historical basis for that sort of perspective on the world comes from really really primitive tribes, really primitive and superstitious tribes, or really pr- primitive and superstitious uh, you know folk customs, um, and 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 things like that. So it's it's not like there's a great a great um, academic uh, tradition, which which supports um, that that perspective on reality, which is why I I call it delusion. There's a there's a a point at which people get too far into that place, and they just kind of get pulled further and further into it, and it doesn't lead anywhere. So I I guess that was my ultimate point on ask that question to what end, and and I think you will see the the value in what. Um, what different systems have to offer. And another very important step in this process is has to do with taking that internal inventory. Before you can even hope to have a clear picture of what is going on in the world, You first have to get a clear picture of what is going on inside you. You have to learn something about your internal structure. That's not just the structure of of your mind and your psyche, but that also refers to the structure of your body, your internal processes, your feelings, as well as your thoughts. And the reason for this is pretty simple. You study yourself just a little bit and you realize how hard it is to see reality accurately. It's very difficult to perceive reality accurately because of all of our biases, cognitive biases, all of our subjective ideas about reality. We see reality through a lens, through a filter, And this is where, you know, Plato's cave allegory comes into into play here. And in the cave allegory, he uses the metaphor that, you know, basically in, in our ordinary state, we're like someone who's lived in a cave all of our life and just seen, you know, shadow images from a fire on a wall of everything. And that's what we think reality is. And if you've never done anything, if you've never made this realization, if you've never made that realization that your perception of the universe is horribly, horribly skewed and biased, despite your best wishes and best intentions, if you haven't made that realization, then obviously you've made no attempt to change anything about it, and therefore you can only conclude that you don't really know what's going on outside of you. You don't really know what's happening in the objective universe. You have no idea. Now, most people just rely on someone else to tell them, some authority figure to tell them what's going on in the objective universe. The the church tells them what's going on out there so they don't have to worry about it. Or the government, by way of public school and the media, let you know what's going on in the real world so you don't have to worry about it. I think everyone who finds the path, who sets their feet on the way, goes through a huge realization that everything that they know is wrong. I think you really have to go through that. If you haven't gone through that, Then your version of reality is just a conglomerate of whatever you've soaked up from the world around you. And the world around you does have a lot of interests that definitely want you to believe a certain thing. You realize that basically your psyche has been like a sponge just soaking up whatever whatever shit's thrown your way. And you'll never realize that you're a sponge until you look inside to see what you are. And see, holy shit, I'm a sponge. I'm nothing. I'm a story. So, all work, all Real work, all what Crowley called great work, begins with looking inside, and you see this. Uh, this is uh, really apparent in in you know Eastern systems. They start you start out like looking inside, and then you come out and you start to approach the real world. So it happens the opposite way. Like in in Christianity is a great example of this, how That that system has been co-opted into a a system of control and coercion. So the way it works there is someone tells you what reality is and, and tells you, now go look inside and now see how evil you are and see what a bad thing you are now that we've explained to you what the whole world is. And once you do that, I mean, you're there. You belong to them. Okay? And, and and there's a lot of other examples. There's a lot of other large central authority based systems which basically follow the same pattern. You start out looking at them out in the objective universe and then they tell you what's going on inside you and then you can go back and and, and verify that. But really breaking away from that through uh, you know, legitimate school, legitimate left hand path practices involves you start out looking inside you start out with the hard work of seeing what you are inside the hard work of of uh you know sitting still and and trying to perceive what you really are in in inside of yourself inside of your body inside of your psyche you begin with that then maybe you have a chance coming out into the real world and the pattern that i just described earlier the pattern of isolated intelligence the pattern of the principle of of consciousness this is something you can verify within yourself if you look inside yourself and you see that you have self-consciousness cuz uh, really some people don't believe that some people don't believe that that is true some people believe that self-consciousness is is an illusion um, it's just a weird byproduct of our totally mechanical biological functioning. But if you look within yourself and you see that you are a conscious being, that you have consciousness within you, then you can see that you are, you know a point in time. you're a star in space. your perception looking out seeing everything that is is around you. And everything around you, that's new it, that's the night sky, that's the objective universe. And you see other stars out there, you see other conscious beings are out there too. And then you learn that you can apply the essence of your consciousness, this essence of yourself, you can apply to things in the universe. And then that those things... Will continue to to bear this residue of your essence that you've applied to them. So an example of this is if you're a musician. I know there's a lot of musicians listening to my podcast out there. Um, when you you know you use your consciousness, your mind, your will, your creative powers to create a song you lend your essence to this thing and you create this this song and then you put it out there into the universe and there's something out there in the universe it continues to convey your essence and so this is like your 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 children that you send out in the universe to 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 fight for your cause and your cause is consciousness and independence This is like your your hardware, your confused and fitful presence. Your song seems alive sometimes, right? Someone else listens to it. It's like a person's right there in the room singing in their ear. It's like you're right there singing in their ear, even though you're a million miles away not even thinking about them, no knowledge of these people. So that is how consciousness can become aware of itself and then by applying itself itself to the world around it brings in, into being something else that is not entirely, you know, not entirely, you know, certainly not a unique entity unto itself, but can go forth and, 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 and do these things. And there's a million other ways that people do this all the time. I just chose music because it's an easy example, but there's a million different ways that people enact this process and the suggestion here is that this is actually a universal cosmic process. And it also involves, you can look at this in terms of, you know, in order to do this, you have to, you know, break away from deleterious influences. That part where consciousness wakes up and it realizes it's being subsumed and it starts to struggle to maintain its identity. It tries to break away from these other things. That's the Luciferian aspect of it. That's the aspect of Lucifer. He's breaking away from heaven and these other forces. Because once he realizes he's a conscious being, if he hangs around, they're just going to suck him right back into it. So he has to get away. And he's a as he wakes up in a, as a star, he sees the other stars in the sky, and he sees these are my brothers. He's like, come on, brothers, let's get out of here. So that's the Luciferian aspect of Of this pattern and finally getting back to Plato Aristotle Greek philosophy so this is an Aristotelian idea that you cannot present subjective experience as evidence of something you can't misrepresent your something that happens totally within your own mind as being objective reality that everyone else would be able to perceive as well. And so that's a good final point to all of this, really, is, you know, the reality of, you know, demons or aliens or monsters or whatever, spirits, the reality of it takes second place To your presentation of it. And something that happens completely within your own mind. Completely subjective experience cannot be presented as evidence of reality. As objective reality. As scientific fact, if you will. Just consider like with dreams. Dreams is an example. I mean, you wouldn't say, I dreamt blah, 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 you know, I, I dreamt that there is a blue gremlin living in the basement of my house, therefore, it's true there's a blue gremlin down there. And some people do this, some people think that their dreams are reality and present them as reality, and the rest of us know that they are kind of off when they do that, <laughs> And so it's the same thing here. So it's real simple. It doesn't mean that that experience is not important for you or not relevant for you or might not open up some doors to a deeper understanding for you. Sometimes you have a subjective experience, an encounter of some kind, and this experience is really for you. This is meant for you to understand. You don't need to present it to the rest of the world or have everyone else um affirm it in order to validate it and when you realize that you open up a new power source within your subjective experience so there's nothing wrong with it just keep in mind that presentation is key and with that my friends keep fighting the good fight and keep the dark fires burning Bye.